Hi, this is Florian with 99 Startups, and I have today a, a new podcast guest. Would you be so kind to introduce yourself? Hi, Florian. Um, yeah, my name is Pascal. Happy really to, to be here. Um, yeah, I'm 30 years old, coming from Düsseldorf, where I'm also uh, working as an innovation manager. And basically, I started uh, now, let's think, uh, 14 years ago in a utility company as an electrician, so really as an apprentice or with an apprenticeship. And uh, yeah, and then over the time, I had some uh, interesting um, yeah, stops in different areas like telecommunication and uh, OT security and digitization. And now since uh, a half a year, almost now, uh, I'm in innovation. So interesting interesting journey um how how did it go on from the electrician job so why did you leave this job and how did you find your next next stop in the journey i i can't even say if i really left this job i mean this sounds maybe a little bit odd but um you need to imagine so i, I started with my apprenticeship in the age of uh 16 um okay. and because it was uh, I was interested in this and also I need to uh, honestly say uh, my father is also working in the same uh, same direction, so to say. Um, so it was interesting for me. And um, now thinking back, it, I think it was a, a really nice start. Uh, but over the years, yes, I, I changed my, my focus, but uh, I... I always sticked to to grid, for example, so utility company and and grid business. So that's why partly yes, uh, I I left this this job, but I think uh, deep inside uh, there's still uh, electrician uh, in me. So it makes sense. So you kept your love for energy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, so, exactly. And it probably also helped you a lot that you have some uh, some uh, foundational knowledge, right? I would guess. Yeah, you're completely right. Um, this is very important uh, now. <clears throat> uh, if if you're talking about new new stuff, uh, new uh, developments uh, like in digitization or now also in innovation, it's always good uh, when you have a more or less profound uh, basic on on which you can develop something or discuss also um, with several stakeholders. So that's why I wouldn't miss uh, this. Um, what, what I learned there. So, but normally it's also hard to imagine how to make from there the next step. So you do an internship, uh, you you learn the basics. What was for you then the next step? For me, the I mean, the first next step, uh, which I made in parallel, um, because I, I left school after, so in Germany you say Realschule, uh, so after 10th grade. Um, and in parallel to my apprenticeship, I went for evening school. And this was also kind of a start in, in the pattern for the next years. Um, so I went to evening school. I met my uh, Abitur uh, because I thought, yeah, maybe after apprenticeship, maybe I would like to, to know more. I would like to train and develop more. And that was uh, basically the, the basic of, of everything. Um, and after the apprenticeship, I was, um, I, I switched to, uh, telecommunication, but the, the operational part more, uh, which was not really so much connected to what I learned in the um, in during my apprenticeship. And maybe this is also a pattern uh, which you then uh, can see over the uh, next years in, in my career that um, 
even though I, I stayed always in in utility company and always focusing on grid, uh, the focus always uh, shifted. I would say, um, yeah. So it it helps you to get always a different perspective, right? So, uh, what was the perspective in the in the in this in this area? Then you got in telecommunication. Um, I think this is the basis of of digitization I, i need to say so when you okay. think about digitization in, in grid then it's mostly about um about telecommunication about how to make things smart i think if you uh, if you narrow it down smart uh like uh, how can you uh, connect uh things devices etc what is out there uh, to make a, a smart grid working i think you you come back to um to telecommunication so that's why this was um, yeah this is a very good basis for for everything all the buzzwords which are out there yeah so you mean like if you connect devices it always needs somehow telecommunication connection and the other side yeah. normally they need also energy and it's normally related to some energy wise so this technology is always there to um, realize the smart smart IoT, whatever you want to go in the direction. There are always yeah. these two technologies, the foundation to make it work, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes absolute sense. So um, had you already in this time innovation in mind or did you just go along with the flow? <laughs> it was more uh, going along with the flow. I think the, the very first... Uh, milestone for me was uh, when back then I had a very good manager um, who encouraged me also to um, to make my project management certification, and this was more the more or less the the start of doing projects in general. Um, but you need to keep in mind that after the apprenticeship and after my my abitur. Uh, and uh, in parallel to to my job in, in telecommunication, I was also going for um, for university, uh, yeah. which was uh, then in the evening and also in the weekend, which was uh, economical engineering with focus on on uh, energy industry, uh, which then also gave really a super broad perspective on on what is out there in energy industry. And this is, um, I think, this is still one of the best branches I could imagine of. Um, so energy is, is super what is happening there with the uh, German Energiewende and, and all the uh, things which are out there, all the trends you have. Uh, is, uh, this is really one of the, for me, uh, the best place to, to be and to work and to develop. Would you would you recommend to do always education and the working experience parallel? Because it seems like it, it goes in your CV that you always did this parallel, like educate yourself and then at the same time uh, do work. So would you recommend this to an 18-year-old person to go this route? Uh, this is really um, a tough question uh, because I think it, it depends um, what, you expect from from your your studies and um, what are you looking for when you go for university for me what was always important is that i have a stable income for example that i have um, hands-on uh, knowledge um, what i what i can learn that i have my experience and not only in in internships really with with bigger projects already um, so this was for me important so my first priority was always to to go to work 
And the second priority was then okay to to educate to to develop uh, further. Um, so if you are seeking for for the stable income and um, hands-on experience, I can really recommend it because, for example, for me, I never um, bothered with, for example, my 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 schedule in university because it was tailor-made for for the students. So this is really yeah. an advantage. Um, on the other hand, if for example, for you, it's important to um, to go into different areas and try try yourself out. Uh, what is interesting for you? Uh, in which direction later you want to become a professional or start your career? Uh, then probably it's better when you uh, concentrate full time on your on your university degree on on your study, because then also you have um, a chance to to go abroad, see different universities, and um, yeah. Yeah, for for me, I mean, you you need to know that um, this this private um, evening school or evening university is is quite expensive. I, I need to yeah. say so. That's why it's it's always let's say it was quite strict. So there was not really the the decision if yeah, let, be a little bit more lazy and yeah. try yourself yeah. out. No, there was it was really um, yeah, not pressure, but. You know, it was um, also kind of a motivator to, yeah, to cut these spendings. And yeah, and do, yeah, you you don't want to overspend it. You you invested money in, so you want to get something out. Did you? Yeah. How did you handle work life balance in in these times? Uh, was this a big issue, or was it just that was your life, working and studying? Uh, that was my life i would say um especially when it comes to the examination phase uh, which yeah. was then um around five uh, weeks always on on saturdays uh this was super tough so it was only yeah. uh, work um then learning uh, going to bed and on the weekend um yeah make your exams uh, sundays was a uh, day off for me so to say and on monday uh it, yeah started again the week um yeah. On the other hand, the uh, maybe uh, the the free time you had it was not so much about it, uh, so much of it, but you appreciate it more. Uh, yeah. So if you if you really have this um, dense or tough uh, schedule uh, because you you do both things in parallel, then you appreciate your time more. You um, it's well invested, so to say. Yeah. So uh, I, I give you an example of the um, during the examination phase. I was not really uh, taking days off because then I, I didn't use the, the time I had during this day. I didn't use it so well. So this made me frustrated because you took one day off, you invested this time, but then in the end, you, you didn't use it so well. So in the end, I stick with a regular working uh, pattern. And in the evening, um, I, I learned from my exams. And this turned out that this is the best way for me. Yeah, it's also an interesting effect if you compare in university uh, students with children and without children. It seems like normally that like the the students with children are way more effective to study because they don't have time to waste. It's kind yeah. of similar what you explained. They they appreciate if they have time with their kids and if they have off time, so they study really focused. Yeah, it makes absolutely sense to. Uh, to appreciate also your free time to have a better work-life balance. Yeah. So you transitioned in your working career into a project management. So what did what did you took out of there? 
Yeah, project management or yeah, and with your transition to project management in your working career in this time. <laughs> I think the f the first learning was uh, wh what you learn theoretically is really not comparable to uh, how you do it in in practice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I think this is the one and very important learning of this. Um, would you still recommend to to do the certification, or would you just say, okay, start with it and learn by learning it by doing it? No, no, no. I, I would still recommend to to make a certification. Not so. First of all, Germany is still, I think, really um, a country where, where you need uh, to have from time to time these uh, certifications. Uh, yeah. but I mean, for me, it's important that you that you know the basic um, rules, basic patterns, uh, basic approaches. Not necessarily that you should stick to it, but I think it's important to. Um, to create your own habits, your own ideas, uh, what is important for you and what not. And yeah. for this, you need to have this kind of, of training to know what is out there and which templates, which formats you can or should use according maybe to rules. But then it's also on you to, to figure out um, what, what is working for you and, and what not, especially in, in project management is so much about a stakeholder management. And this basically is about um, communication skills and this is something uh which um which you only can learn uh while doing projects yeah can you summarize which main takeaways you took for yourself if you would need to write down the main takeaways for your son which want to get in project management or some other friend which starting it in this field would you be able to say okay just focus on these three points this worked for me Mm, I would say listen to the people who are supporting you or also maybe who um, are challenging you. Yeah. Um, not, get, not, not get afraid or threatened uh, by people uh, with a different opinion. <laughs> But this yeah. is not only a, a learning in, in project management. I think this is uh, something for life. Um, yeah. So, but but this is really a, a very important one because uh, after a while you get really um, stick to to your baby to your project, and then it's quite hard also if, if someone is judging it. Um, yeah. This is important. Then for me, it's about um, being honest to yourself and to your stakeholders, to your team members, um, project members, uh, in terms of ambition. In terms of time plan, um, this is for, for me important. Be realistic. And if something is not working out how you planned it, then address it, uh, be open about it, uh, and talk about it, how, how to solve the problem in, instead of trying to, to hide it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, or trying to lie to yourself, even if it's not, yeah. not conscious. So sometimes you yeah. don't even do it consciously. You just You just don't want to see the truth, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. True, yeah. And maybe maybe the third point is um, ask your 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 people who are, who are around you about their their motivator, because yeah. each project is not only uh, content driven. It can be also, I mean, you know, there's hidden agendas from from every yeah. member, every stakeholder. And I think it's important that uh, you know this, that you are aware, and that you maybe can also support each other. Um, with aiming or uh, striving for for this hidden agendas, because when you address it um, 
openly in the, in the beginning, I think it's, it's easier um, to, to work together. Yeah. How do you ask this? Do you just ask what's are your motivation or what's your hidden agenda or how do you ask the, what's the question you ask the people to, to get it out of them? Mostly I need to say that I start from, from myself um, to it's kind of an icebreaker to, to yeah. say, th this is my motivator. Uh, this is what I, I, I want to learn or what, uh, what I'm also uh, yeah, driving for. Yeah, so what is important for me? And then you can see the reaction of the people if uh, they're also willing to chip in and to, to share. Um, first, maybe their thoughts on, on my openness and my yeah. motivator. Uh, second, also uh, what is motivating uh, themselves and what is important for them. Um, yeah. But for this, you, you, can't, you can't always say that this is uh, the, the first A meeting the first project meeting you, you can do this because you need to have this uh, kind of um, relationship uh, trust already and this yeah. depends uh, with which kind of people you are uh, working in this project did you have the issue that like people didn't open up um, and if yes how did you handle that scenario yeah I think you you, you always have this kind of uh, personas Uh, yeah. which are rather closed. Yeah. Um, you, you can try to, uh, to be honest and open and uh, try to encourage them to, to do yeah. the same. Um, sure, but if they don't want to, I think then it's, it's quite hard because this is um, really a personal thing. And when you talk about... Um, personas and uh, in which area you have your strengths or weaknesses you know um, uh, this is this is quite hard so this really highly depends on on the person itself and probably then just time is your ally uh, ally that means um, you just try it and you encourage them but you then go on and hope that um, maybe it come around or maybe it works out because the the, um, the goals are not so far away from yours And um, yeah, then you just handle it on the on the on the way. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, in the product management phase, uh, what projects you tackled? So, did something um, hit you in a special way, or stick stick to your mind? Uh, stick to you mean. Um What was a, a great project I, I was working on or uh, what is the yep. uh, connection between those projects? For example, yeah, up to you. Uh, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, you need to answer it. <laughs> I was not there in your projects. Even it would be interesting, but uh, certainly not. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if there are any uh, connections uh, between, between those projects. I mean, um, I think over the time, uh, I... I I would see myself more as a generalist. Uh, yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm always interested in uh, learning something new and developing something what, what made and would, well, what will be, uh, well, what is an impact, what can be an impact, can create uh, added value uh, for the company, for the team. Um, this is, I think, uh, what motivates me. Yeah. So, so you're way more opportunistic in the projects and in, in, in the way to finding the new projects, right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. 
sometimes I, it's it's better to to go with the flow instead of uh, uh, thinking too much. Yeah, yeah. I remember the last time we spoke, you said uh, it's good to be a generalist. Um, why do you think that? Because um, world is changing too much, uh, too fast. Um, and you know, when um, back then I, I made my decision to to go for this. Um, um, economical engineering uh, study. Um, there were people who told me, "Why, why are you doing this? This is not fish, not meat. Uh, why, why not going for a real engineer?" <laughs> um, yeah. And I decided, "No, I, I would like to do this." And um, for me, it's important because um, projects or also other things in life, it's. More that, that you need to have a broader perspective on things. So it's not only black or only white. Usually you, you need to see all the gray shades in, in, in between. Yeah, um, and right. for me, it's important that you, that you can adapt to new situations, uh, new projects, new topics, new developments, new buzzwords also. Um, and that's why I, yeah, for, for me, I'm happy that I'm more into this uh, generalistic uh, approach than uh, sticking to to one field. I mean, there there are pros and cons, and I think there is no no right or wrong in this. Yeah. Um, because on the other hand, when you're a generalist, then sometimes it's also hard to define where you are good in. Because yeah. if if you stick to to one uh, one topic, then you know that uh, you are an expert in this or that field. And then you can really discuss or that you are really, you have deep knowledge. Um, yeah. And this is sometimes what, um, what I also miss, I, I need to admit. Um, that's why I, I always try to find my niche uh, where I can develop, where I can gain new experience. And um, that's why for, for me personally, um, yeah, I, I like it to be a generalist. Yeah, a specialist has sometimes an easier life because he's he can way easier chose and he doesn't have so many um, decisions to make, kind of. And a generalist is, is way more like the curiosity and the openness helps him to have a lot of options, but sometimes also too many options. And how you said, like normally they can do a lot of things okay, but nothing really, really good. <laughs> so, yeah. And has both advantages. Uh, like, and I would also say to being a generalist is also more mindset, a curiosity mindset, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I completely uh, empathize with this. Um, it's about um, what what is driving you, and um, what are you also willing to learn, and yeah. and how how do you tackle the unknown? Uh, I think this is really a, a crucial part, and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So uh, not being afraid of the unknown and being more curious about the unknown is one of the the things I would say defines a, a generalist. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I remember you said on the beginning that you also worked in in security. How did how this was coming up? Like, how did you get into this area? <laughs> Let me think where we where we stop with my CV. I think uh, in in telecommunication, but more in operation and. So after a while, I, I changed to a telecommunication uh, strategy. Okay. Uh, in this department, I was also the, the asset owner, uh, so to say, of uh, the telecommunication infrastructure. And um, 
Yeah, they, I also made problem, uh, problems, yes, uh, projects, <laughs> um, solve problems, hopefully. And um, one of the um, latter project was uh, in um, security, OT security, um, which was, you know, OT, OT security is, uh, uh, yeah, far behind the regular IT security. And if you would ask me if I had there any uh, knowledge um, or basis for it, not, not really. Uh, but there again, I, I, I was coming from uh, from the field and I, I knew the substations and everything what is important in, in, um, uh, in grid. And um, yeah, we started with uh, screening uh, startups, what, what I really like because uh, when you can listen to um, to startup pitches, you get a, a feeling uh, what is the the current um, status of, of technology and yep. uh, what is the yeah the current trend. And yep. by this, you you get a big, yeah bigger picture. Yeah, com I completely agree. You get a feeling of what's going on right now on the on the innovation field. And um, so your job was to to find uh, solutions for certain problems or to build something up, or what was your 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 goal there, your 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 job that you needed to do? Yeah, the job was basically to um, to as a role of asset owner to uh, build up uh, the an OT security team, uh, but we had also expert specialists. Um, in different companies for it. So it was rather that, uh, again, I was more the, the mot not motivator, but uh, the, the, the project manager uh, to, to lead the experts um, and bringing in a kind of structured way uh, deliverables in, in this field. How do you go about to have the job to build up a team in a field where you have not much clue how did you tackle this challenge? Yeah, this is really a, a challenge because um, especially when, when you're also honest about your, your neck of a lot of knowledge sometimes, um, it's important to, to know which people are around you. So can you trust them, how loyal they are? And again, what is their motivator in, in this? Um, for me, um, I had the fortune to, to work there with great people together with a uh, great experience. And um, so the people basically were already there, uh, needed sometimes maybe a little bit more, more structure or also um, a goal in which direction uh, we would like to go. Uh, and I was there to um, help them to um, drive their ideas also further to make decisions in which direction we would like to go and what is important for, for us as the team there and to, to organize things. Uh, but yes, I also heavily relied on them. Yeah. So it was more like in a role of kind of a product owner and you just let the team uh, to see if you all together go in the right directions and what how and help to um, decide certain things which need to be decided. Yeah, cool. Um, what would you say were the key factors there to to successfully lead a team? Pascal, you're still there? 
Oh, sorry, sorry. I was uh, <laughs> interesting. Just you did. I, like, <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> long thinking, <laughs> even longer thinking. <laughs> so, um, my my question was, what were your key um, key learnings there? Like, what someone needs to do, or what are key factors to be a good leader, or like to to lead a team? I would say, in general, um, um, trust your people, listen to them and um, create together a, a common goal uh, which uh, is motivating yeah and um, i would say let the fun begin because uh, why i mentioned fun sometimes um, sometimes you you need to add really fun or not sometimes usually always you should add fun and um, unfortunately um, not always Uh, the, the people are also concentrating on, on having fun while working, right? And yeah. uh, this is for me, for me always important. Uh, and this refers back also to the, to the motivator, uh, what you want to learn or what you want to, to build for the company, for the department. And uh, so that's why, yes, it's also about fun. So um, what are ways you are able to add fun? Because it sounds like a good tip, but probably most people think, okay, how to do it? To, to add fun <laughs> yeah to add fun <laughs> <laughs> i would say um when you're when you're motivated um when you when you can develop things uh, which you're also interested in um then you also don't have the the discussion about work-life balance for example uh, which you asked me already um back then with the with the study um when you're interested in things I think then you don't need this strict work-life balance because uh, then it's about fun and about what is driving you and um, then it motivates you. Yeah, yeah, I, I see where you're going. But I was I was thinking more like for some some culture things or so you were able to implement because most people also say, yeah, I like what I do. And I like my job, but I don't have fun there. So I think there's still a gap between. And um, so I'm wondering if if there's some um, some small techniques or some things you can do to reuse this as a tip, um, because I kind of understand where you go about it and where you want to go with with this phrase uh, using fun. And um, but my gut feeling is there is also something behind it like for example um at the place where i work um you have we exchanged the the name plates at the doors of the offices to lego plates to put lego there and it was just an idea of one person which had fun to try to 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 try it out and the one office did it and then the other others followed because it looked really fun it was fun and then it was just made so And this is just more a, a kind of a cultural cultural thing and a mindset also. So it's it's a, it's a nice example how to do it. Um, so, what would you say where where little things you could you could say? Okay, I see right now we having fun. I, I would sum it up with you have fun or. You, you know that it's okay when you can be yourself. Um, also, you, using your example, um, 
yes, it's a it's a cultural thing. And for me, it's so. What is important, or what your example shows, is that um, if you know or if you feel comfy to change your nameplates with Lego, because you know that that you like it, and there no one would harm you for it because yeah. you used your your very important uh, time in the office at work to to build something with Lego for your nameplates. So if if you're aware of this, that that it's okay to to have fun. Sometimes also to be uh, silly uh, and uh, sarcastic at work and and do those things. Um, then I think it's it's up to you, up to the project team, uh, what what to do or how how to how to motivate how to uh push things uh further um yeah. so it, it could be uh, this mini uh table tennis uh, plate uh, where where the people are, are meeting uh, after after lunch break for example it can be also that after after lunch break when when you're in general a little bit lower down slower to say uh to to make uh, a good old a YouTube round, which means uh, yeah. everyone can can search or click on on the YouTube uh, video uh, you would like to share with with your colleagues. Um, so these are the the small things. Yeah, I I completely agree. Absolutely. Um, if I would give you the task to say, okay, you build now your own startup and you hire people from the scratch for yourself, how you would choose them? Like how you would go about? to find them, to test them? What would you, the way you do, for example, yeah, your mini assessment center? My assessment center, maybe it will sound uh, completely odd or, or stupid for you, but um, I, I think my assessment center would look like that. I would put uh, in, in the waiting room where the candidates would, would wait, I would uh, put there uh, a piece of paper on the floor next to uh, an obvious positioned uh, bin, uh, yeah. nothing nasty or uh, um, so really like more or less a clean sheet of paper. Uh, someone had left it there or fall down, whatever. And the for me, the criteria would be who is willing to take this piece of paper and put it to the garbage without that anyone uh, told it to, to this candidate or to the person or I said, please do it, it's, it's your job. Um, and also without the aim to, um, yeah, to um, get appreciated for it because no one told me and probably no one will see it that, that I will do it, but it's my internal uh, motivator to, to clean it up because I see it, I, I don't have now anything to do. So I, I'm just waiting here for my uh, assessment um, and stand up and put it to the garbage. I think this was would be really my, my assessment. But it would be kind of hard to do if you say you build now a startup and you meet people, for example, in a coffee or in a rented office for an interview. I, I could imagine it's kind of hard to do this <laughs> test. Um, mm, I think it's it's less about the test. I think it's more about the intention. Uh, yeah, yeah what, it, what it's because, behind it, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for, what is important for me, and this is when uh, when you, especially when you build a startup, um, you you don't know how the world will look like in probably three months, uh, even less in, in one year. So yeah. maybe you are hiring now a person uh, for your current need, but maybe your, your need is completely different in, in half a year or one year. Uh, so that's why I think um, 
you should more focus on while hiring a person for your startup, but also for your project team or for the department or whatever, um, to find someone who is willing to work and willing to see things, fix things, even without that someone told him to do so. So there's yeah. um, internal yeah. spirit, so to say. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. So it's way more about how the personality is of the person and how she, she um, thinks about certain things than the knowledge and the expertise of a certain field. It's because it could imagine, especially in a startup or in this world today, that like you need to shift your priorities, you need to shift, pivot to a different field. Then maybe yeah. the uh, skills you hire the person first are not so helpful anymore. And I think um, if you check in a innovation business books and their recommendations for good cultures, you probably end in the same area or similar areas like good to creators or desert books, which um, go in a similar direction of a description uh, what mm -hmm. to focus on in employees. I completely agree here. Um, so your way also brought you a lot in the direction of innovation. So what? how do you find, define innovation? What is innovation for you? Oh, this is really difficult because uh, this really depends uh, on the company you're working in and uh, what is also the branch, uh, what is your, your experience and how is your self-understanding of, of innovation. I think um, you have both range, or the, the range would be from um, R&D, which is more yeah. R&D focused, uh, to... We are completely so far away from our current business, uh, Horizon 3 or whatever. Uh, we are out of the box. We don't want to have any connection to, to our business uh, because uh, we think more greenfield. Yeah. Um, I emphasize with the, with the quote, uh, innovation is about um, creative disruptions. Who was the guy? So guy was said that? Uh, Josef Schumpeter. For what he is famous for, because I don't know him at all, to be honest. <laughs> It's about his understanding for um, how the economy will, will change, how to understand innovation, how you can uh, create change. Uh, so he's uh, uh, probably a professor for business and innovation, I would guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. So he said, like, uh, it's about creative disruption, right? Exactly. And this is, I think, what I'm emphasizing with. So thinking, um, what is the status quo? What do I want to change? And then um, usually when, when you're working in innovation department, then you're also um, hopefully, luckily, in the situation um, where uh, your, your management got you some slack that you can also uh, try things out. Um, yeah. so that, uh, your, that your business, what you're doing or your, your work you're doing, that it's not so hard connected to, um, short-term, uh, goals. Um, and, uh, with this, you can be creative and, and see what, a, what are really the pain points, look a little bit, um, over the edge, uh, in which direction to go, what are the, the trends, the movements and how to adapt. Yeah, definitely. So can you can you tell us some practical examples of your 
time as innovation manager, for example, which certain goals you had in certain companies and how you um, applied them or, or reached them? As innovation manager, uh, unfortunately not. So I, um, I was hired um, yeah, now a um, couple of months ago as innovation manager, but, uh, but I think um, so before the department was uh, uh, digitization for me. And I think there are um, things which both topics, both direction have really in common. Yeah, I and, agree with you. Um, so, yeah. Let's 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 see it for this case in the same because um, it's mostly really closely connected. So, what were your certain goals in your certain companies, and um, how did you tackle them, and what for for example successes you got out of it, where you accomplished? Um, I think first of all, it's important to to think in which direction would you like to develop because. Um, what um, I discovered also in, in digitization was that if you don't have a, a goal where you would like to go or how to how to define uh, digital, for example, for you, it's hard to to create impact because you you never know if you are working towards a goal or what are you aiming for. So that's why the the first step uh, was there that uh, we created. Um, a definition for uh, for digital and also feel for actions. I give you an example. Um, yeah. I think the the first thing you you should decide in in digital transformation is, uh, for example, IT office IT is this in scope for you or not? Why yeah. this question is important because um, usually I, when you when you build up a digital transformation department. Um, then it's it's not always uh, located in the uh, IT department. <laughs> so this is maybe the first uh, struggle you you need to face, and you need to um, you need to yeah maybe also discuss and negotiate who is focusing on what. Um, and then for me, uh, it is important that you don't focus on on technology because there will be always new and fresh um, technology. So. It's not so so cool if you always need to change and adapt also your definition, your your field for actions only because a, a new technology is arising. Yeah. Um, then it's important also about the customer. If uh, you give the customer uh, a prominent place, so to say, in your field for actions and definition, or if you say, no, if I, for example, uh, digitize my my processes. Then uh, the the customer is a, a beneficiary of it. Yeah. Um, so, with, with the definition or how to how to create it, uh, you can really show already um, what 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 is important for you or what is in in the future important for you. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So that's probably then the, the guidelines you could use to um, be successful with digitalization. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so, I, I wrote my 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 master thesis on on the topic uh, to to create a, a digital readiness index and yeah. uh, assess it in in the company and uh, also show uh, first um, 
yeah, like results and fields for actions. And um, for for this master the master's thesis, I was um, doing a lot of research about different uh, other readiness checks already. And what I learned, so the key takeaway was there is no right or wrong. Uh, it's only important that um, that you that you try that you communicate it uh, within your company that you also invite different uh, stakeholders and there i don't mean only management also uh, regular field employees uh, to to try and test it with you to ask their opinion what is important for them uh, and um, in which directions maybe you you should also uh, change i think it's important that you have really uh, an acceptance uh, for for what you're doing there so yeah, that's why I would never recommend to uh, to create a digital strategy or definition field for actions uh, with external consultancies. Yeah, makes absolutely sense. So you say it's way more important that like the the people set it the the criteria, see how and when and uh, why you want to digitalize, than um, the criteria criteria itself. Yeah, yeah, cool. Like I um, like, have you been able to to do this in the companies? Because it's also quite a task if you have not more than like thousand employees or more than some hundred employees to um, to get them to a common ground or to get them on your side. Um, yes, we we made it in in energy, and uh, from my perspective, it was also uh, quite successful. And um, I, yeah. You know, we we struggled overall in the beginning. Uh, also, the colleagues struggled with this uh, because, as I said, there is no right or wrong. But in the end, when when the struggle, the negotiation, the discussion stopped, uh, it was nice to see that the people were really uh, working, developing everything uh, towards a common goal. Yeah. So how, how did you structure it? Like, did you open a wiki site or did you just do a, a big company meeting where everyone was uh, was um, was um, there or did you do it with clusters? So how did you how did you handle the, the size of this company, which probably have some some more employees uh, than like 100? Uh, how did you be able to get all participating in the process? Mm -hmm. um, it was even more difficult because it was also an uh, international project or okay, initiative yeah. we, we did there because uh, Inuji is the, the mother company and has, a, has the headquarter in, in Essen. Um, we had um, six different DSOs in, in Germany and uh, then we had also DSOs abroad. So in yeah. Poland, uh, Slovakia, uh, Czech Republic and um, that was challenging uh, because for us it, in digital transformation, it was really important that we all work together, that we create this lighthouse project together, that we work on this together. Uh, so that's why the, the, the first change, which was obviously for the um, or quite painful, maybe in the beginning also for the German colleagues, was that we said we will now switch to, to English. Uh, and switch okay, all yeah. the communication to English and uh, switch the collaboration to an international ground. Um, and so in, in every company, uh, because we were in this uh, central team, and in every company we had uh, a contact person for, for digitization. 
and this was more our um, yeah, con contact person and uh, multiplicator, so to say. And yeah. with them together, we made it. So in the end, maybe we had um, this 15 people. Um, and there was not only one big meeting. Uh, that was, I think, over a time of uh, three months, we, we developed it together. Um, so identifying the status quo and defining the, the definition, uh, defining field for actions, uh, defining also which now how we need in the future. So it was a longer process. Yeah, I can imagine. So you, you, your tactic was to, to have some key persons, multiplicators, they um, made then the synchronization and the communication and then, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So we already talked a bit about work-life balance. Um, so I can imagine now you don't do another study at the, at the site right now or are you still in the, again in the university to do some something? No, 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 happily, happily not. Uh, so after the bachelor, I made uh, also the, the master in, in parallel. Uh, but now since a um, couple of years, I'm uh, already uh, without anything in parallel and I really enjoy it uh, because then there's more time to, to travel and, and see the world. Um, so that's why no, uh, no, no university in parallel. So on the, on the last time we, we talked about work-life balance, um, you said uh, it's really important to appreciate your off time. So probably it's now still the same for you. If you ask you, like, how do you think about work-life balance right now, you still try to um, appreciate the off time. What else you would add there or how you stay in this, in this parameter, say that you still appreciate your off time? You know, the, the biggest differentiator for, was for me without this university, without doing anything in parallel, was um, to accept that to rest and doing nothing is okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, because I, I was used to that you, you need to do something. You need to, yeah. to, need to learn. Yeah. You need to hear something. And uh, this gap, especially in, in the beginning, just after I, I finished, Uh, I filled with uh, weekend trips, going abroad, seeing different cities, uh, which was really nice and for me never really stressful uh, to to leave maybe home on Friday evening and come back on on uh, a Sunday Sunday night. Uh, but after a while, I realized that there was not really time at home, time to rest, time to sit on the couch, maybe also watch Bundesliga or, or do nothing, go out for a walk or uh, listen only to, to music and read some magazines. Um, and this is something uh, I needed to learn to, to really switch off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I understand that and I can relate to it. There's also um, there's a nice book called Essentialism and there mm -hmm. he also talks about um, his... Um, his experiences with overachievers or like with really hard workers. And he said there, um, the biggest challenge for them is just to really do nothing. And all these people would do a lot, or sometimes you would also say too much. Um, they, he said like they should challenge themselves to really take off time and do nothing because otherwise mm. you go broke or you go nuts. You can't like, you can't sustain it <laughs> even if you think you can. Yeah, completely yeah. agree. Um, What, what are your favorite books? My favorite books? Uh, so in, in general, I think my, my wife is more the, the one at home uh, reading way more books than, than I do. 
Uh, so that's why uh, my favorite books or book recommendations I always uh, receive from, from her. Um, Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would uh, divide my favorite books more into, into clusters. Um, so maybe the, the first cluster for, for me would be um, to make it, uh, so to keep it simple and clear. Um, maybe this is a surprise now for you, but um, do you remember maybe from when the time when you were younger, this uh, Was ist was Bücher? So in English, it would be maybe what is what books, yeah. uh, which is for, for children, pretty easy. Uh, one topic like astronauts or the earth or the, the brain or animals, whatever, uh, really simple described. And this is w what I liked. Uh, and there I, I got maybe my curiosity Uh, and this is something I, I still do when there's an unknown topic, try to make it as simple as possible. Go on YouTube and maybe search for, um, for really simple explanations, maybe also sometimes for, for children, uh, yeah. that you, you don't add unnecessary, um, unnecessary thing, uh, things around. So I like this book sometimes, which are pretty simple, uh, described, uh, not to, to over overdo anything so what and is then your your favorite child book um do you have a favorite what was was uh, a book a topic i think it was about uh the um construction uh machines oh yeah <laughs> sounds interesting <laughs> cool yeah. so and um how you would which other areas you would uh because the, you said you cluster the areas yeah the the second um i would say it's about um open open your eyes, expand your horizons in, in a business um, perspective. And there I, I like to read about um, hyper-competition, hyper uh, for example, from uh, Roland Eckert, yeah. who is uh, giving some, some thoughts about uh, competition in uh, overall branches and uh, what leads to, to hyper-competition, why it's important uh, that every uh, business Uh, every uh, area should should think about it, and then you also have this um, open open minded expand horizons in in, in private um, the surrounding, and there I, I would recommend the the book uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. Um, yeah. So to to review your own approach, rethink, and better understand yourself and and the people around you. I think in, another example in, in this direction would be um, the the book How to Lead Smart People, for example. This is also very good to to understand the people you're working with and uh, try to understand yourself. Um, yeah. But also old old books, I would say, like uh, from Arthur Schopenhauer, The Art of Being Right. Um, this is nice to read to. <laughs> to challenge yourself, challenge uh, how, how you act and also understand how other people act. Um, yep. So th this kind of books are, I like. Really, really interesting, interesting um, recommendations. I'm also wondering right now if there's also a book next to how to lead smart people, how to lead stupid people. <laughs> it would be also interesting to, to check if there's a book in this direction. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. And uh, Pascal, my last question for you is, um, if you could go back in time to your 18 or maybe 16-year-old self, because you, you left first-time school with 16 years in the 10th grade, what would you tell yourself? Good question. Um, 
probably um, choose your war or choose your fight wisely. Uh, sometimes go with the flow. Sometimes let it happen. Everything happens for a reason. And sooner or later, um, you will understand and will see and see maybe in, in everything what happened, a kind of an opportunity. And the second advice would be probably uh, try to go as early as possible also abroad. Yeah. Uh, where you're completely alone, it's only on you. And to to realize how much you appreciate if there is a person abroad which completely doesn't know you but is willing to help you, even though yeah. you are not able to to speak the language or if you are completely lost. But sometimes it's, it's some someone is there to to guide you to help you because this is what you also bring home afterwards. And hopefully you also never forget how you felt, how it was for you to, to be abroad. Uh, and there I'm not talking about making vacation abroad, um, where the maybe difficult problem is to, to find the uh, buffet in the evening. So I mean really to, to work abroad, to, to live abroad. Um, yeah. This is uh, something I would for sure recommend. I completely agree. It's like a good tip. And of course, it brings some humbleness to your to yourself in our modern first world uh, situation it's probably like good to get people out of the bubble and to get some context and to get some humbleness in definitely really good tip pascal it was a pleasure thank you much thank you very much pleasure was full on my side and uh see you next time guys bye bye <laughs> talk to you soon bye